talking about the new zaddy rfk jr <laughs> smash or pass smash or pass meg garland really wants to smash can i have I've ice drink guys if we get divorced the ice can you please talk situation. louder we're on a fucking podcast we're not in the goddamn whisper room this is we're not in church okay you're so loud even the nanny comments about how loud you are trekking around the house when Roe is sleeping and I'm like so gentle and delicate and quiet and you're like slam the gate yeah, because I have boop, boop, I, boop, boop, I, down I, the first hallway off, the gate is so fucking stupid it's not I almost tripped on it three times a day well, I'm carrying all this stuff out here idiot. I gotta open this gate and for what it's just it's, it's to a, keep it's, the dogs from waking up Roe because sometimes because, she's lightly sleeping they're loud because the gate is louder than the dogs are so it does not it serves so little purpose clack 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 well, that's fine. And you know what? I told, we had this whole thing about how she's going to be able to sleep through noise. She slept through then, the most insane thunderstorm this morning. Exactly. So I'm right and you're wrong. It is what it is. I make noise because she needs to be able to sleep. You make noise. noise because you're a loud ass person. Yeah, that's fine. I'm a large human being and I make noise when I do things. I'm you're also, I have no reason. I'm in my own house. I'm not trying to, I'm not in a library. So I'm just fine. You're like that everywhere. Always. No exactly. matter what. You have that's the, why I don't go to quiet Connor places. Connor has zero chill. I am very chill. I just don't, mm. I don't. Why would I be quiet? What the fuck? Why would I be quiet for? I'm at my house. What are you? What are you doing? I don't have neighbors above me or below me. Correct. So what is it? To be considerate of the two ladies that live in your home. That's what? who to be quiet for. She's not quiet. She's not considerate of my <laughs> space and time. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? What God you, Almighty. You know, give, her give screaming what you abilities now. Yeah, are, she leveled up. She woke up, dude. Amazing. She woke up when you were gone. And oh my God, she screamed like an adult person. Being like, tortured. Yeah. Like yeah. was so mad. I mean, and I know it was, her tooth is coming in. So she's yeah. not feeling great about Teething that. But before six months. What a gift. Oh, what a it's gift. It's a beautiful experience. I'm enjoying myself. I had a breakdown yesterday. But you tell us about your breakdown, Phil Dog. I feel like if you are specifically a mother. I don't know that dads deal with this much. Maybe you guys do, but. I have a lot of conflicting feelings, so I'm really excited that she's growing up and able to do things. And she's, that, she's she's almost six months old. I know, but <laughs> like she can sit up now. She's eating food. She are you out of nicotine? Oh no, I Connor the, can't I do the show. The wrong one. I can't do the show. Why don't you go get your nicotine and come well, back? Finish your stupid story. I'll have a better so, attitude when I come back from my nicotine run. <laughs> um, addiction, it's real. Um. No, so she's like able to do all these things now and showed me a video about how you're not always going to, their baby, well, it was, it was not always going to be your baby's favorite. Person. It was back to back videos. One is reminding you that you really only have 12 summers with your dog. So play with them and throw the stick in the water. And, and Dutch just turned 12. And the next one was, um, your kids are, you're only your kid's favorite person for uh, 10 years. And I think that's not necessarily true, but they definitely like, you're like this perpetual presence in their life and they get boyfriends and girlfriends and friends and they they're like not the coolest thing in the world like you may be their favorite person yeah and have a different place but like you're not the coolest person in their life yeah probably yeah and that doesn't matter how cool you are you could be Mick Jacker. it doesn't matter you're still parents you know what i mean and it's not it's not and that's what i said was like that's what's supposed to happen like you don't want your kids to think you're that cool you know right and i totally <laughs> get that and agree but yesterday i was already emotional i cried for business reasons three hours before that and then showed me those videos and I've just been I've had a lot of emotions stored in my body and I just I, I've been dealing with this I'm exhausted first of all so that's a huge contributing factor but 
she just came out of her four month sleep regression and now she's teething. So I'm tired and she's just in mommy mode, which is great. And I love it. And I also need a break sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited that she's getting older, but I don't want her to get older and I want her to want me and need me, but I also want her to be free to do whatever she wants and have fun and play and all the things. And so it's every day feels like an emotional roller coaster and it's really hard to navigate. And I feel like the first four or five months of her life were easier. I didn't really think about all these things, Mm -hmm. but I feel like now we're sort of in the swing of life and things are happening and she's growing and maturing and able to do all this stuff. And I'm just like, she said, dad, dad, two weeks ago. I mean, that was more kind than of. She kind of did. I'm not, it doesn't count. She just made noises that vaguely sound like it doesn't well, count to me until she's like, says it, says it. You know dad, I mean? dad, reptar. <laughs> reptar, reptar. We call a uh, Connor's truck reptar. Um, she's going to say Theo first. Yeah, she probably will. So it's me so funny. It's me so cute. Theo. <laughs> um, no, so that's just where I am. And I just had like a major breakdown and I was, you know, I was. We were, crying, crying. we were crying a lot considering that it was from an Instagram video. Yeah. It's like when you listen to a sad song and you've been holding all these emotions in and all of a sudden like your whole world just floods out of you. That's what I felt like. Yeah. Go get your nicotine. What? Go get it. Are you? So we don't can do the show. It. Don't sigh at me. You know, I hate that you're addicted to it. You got off of it for so long. Uh, you know, and you brought it back and you didn't tell me. You know and what? Then I, I bro- caught you one day I, and I was I, like, yeah, I, I didn't tell you. It was the most obvious thing ever. There were like cans laying around the house. Well, I was, first of all, like I, changed a month the, postpartum. I changed the brand and it was because we had a kid and my brain didn't work anymore and I needed a little juice. Okay. What's my juice? Uh, I don't know. It's none of my business what you do with yourself. Your body, your choice, gal dog. <laughs> okay, I'm back. This episode of OK Babe is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, because you're not American if you're not addicted to something. Wow. <laughs> so we really wanted to talk about RFK Jr. Yeah, we did. We have a deep obsession with this man. He's also rather attractive. He's a, yeah, I mean, I guess. Pretty hot. Yeah, for a 68-year-old man, but I know that's your thing. It is. You know, I'm a little young for you. You are young for You me. just wanted my strong seed. In my early 20s, I was dating a lot of men in their mid-40s. You proud know, of some of it. Not super proud of some of the know, others. In my 40s, I'll probably be dating a lot of women in, my, in their 20s. You know I what hope I'm you are, babe. <laughs> I hope you are. You know? Um, so I didn't even really know anything about RFK until you brought him to me. And obviously, I know about the Kennedy family. And I feel like my mom was obsessed with JFK. Um, How was your mom obsessed with JFK? Your mom was like the most conservative. I don't know Republican. if in a good or a na- bad way. I like just she, remember like, hearing about him a lot when I was younger. My mom talked a lot about politics. What about JFK? Did I she, have no you idea. You don't know? I don't remember. I just remember hearing about Next him a lot. Next time she haunts our her. daughter, I'm going to ask her. I was like, going to say, is, she's dead, so what is we'll racist, never know. What does racist grandma say I'll ask about my JFK. dad. I'll ask my dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when he's here. That'll be great. Yeah. Be interesting to like, through your eyes, dad, tell me all the things that mom felt. <laughs> That'll go over well. Um <laughs> Um, no, so I knew about the Kennedy family, but I didn't know in depth and, you know, I'm not the, the politics person in this relationship. That's you, Mr. Politically Homeless slash Connor Wonders. But as I have been presented more and more of Bobby Kennedy and what he believes and Mm -hmm. his values and the issues that he stands on, I am moved. I am viscerally moved by this man and what he believes in. And I feel like for the first time, people like us, you, me, probably many of our listeners 
feel represented, feel like we're being heard, feel like mm-hmm. we're not crazy. And it is so incredible to watch the momentum starting to build behind him. And he was talking last night in his, it was the town hall, right? They did a town hall with a uh, news nation. Yeah. And he was, um, talking in the town hall about how quickly he's building his campaign and his team and shit is just like going, going, going. And it's really cool to witness and to pay attention. And we were watching the town hall last night. And that's when I said, we have to do the show tomorrow about this because we both started crying as he was talking. First of all, I wasn't crying. Connor had water coming out of his eyeball. Was, so I however got, you want got, to describe it. I got uh, verklempt as they say. He was verklempt? Verklempt. I thought it was like verklempt. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I learned it on Saturday Night Live, so I don't know. It was okay. a old, was it old uh, Mike Myers? Was it Mike Myers that did that? Anyways. I don't know. But we were both crying or water was coming out of our bodies. <laughs> and we were just, I, I was crying and I looked at you and I was like, oh shit, Connor's crying too. And it was just a really powerful moment for me because we were watching it with Ro and I thought, how many of us who have had kids in the last couple of years of this complete fucking shit show and thought, Oh God, what world are we bringing our kids into? And for the first time I thought this man can fix this and he's not God and he's not the almighty and he can't fix everything. And I totally get that. I'm not just crazy, but I feel like for the first time there's someone who wants to tell the fucking truth, Mm -hmm. who wants to guide us out of the shithole that everyone else has put us in and who actually can be unbiased and willing to look at both sides, which you talk about so often and sift through the bullshit and say, this is the answer. Well, I think it's, and also he talks about this and this is a principle of his and his family and they have a history, a track record of doing this is trying to understand where the other side's coming from, whether that's Russia or the Soviet union back in the day, whether that's Vietnam, whether that's the Republicans, whether that, whatever it is, right. It makes sense. You have to be able to empathize with people or you can't get anything done. Like, even when it comes to Russia and Ukraine, and we're not going to get into like geopolitics, but like they have valid concerns and we have overstepped what they were doing in Ukraine. Not cool. What we did in Iraq and Afghanistan, not cool. Right. But you have to be able to say that. Like we don't have a moral standing in the United States anymore. That is gone. That ended around Vietnam. Right. And his uncle was assassinated over shit like that. And so his family has paid the price and he is brave to be doing what he's doing and saying the same type of shit that got his dad and his uncle killed by the powers that be, right? By individual shooters that happened to shoot them from the wrong direction both times. It's just a strange deal. And like when you look at it and what we were, what I was emotional about was he was talking about addiction and ways to go about working with that and, and, and solving those problems in a real pragmatic way that actually just relies with our values. And you think, what I was emotional about was just how many people struggle with that. And like, it's very real to me because I have family as does he who have struggled with addiction. It was a, it's been a big part of my life. And to see like somebody being that committed to like real resources, not villainizing people, not whatever the fuck. I mean, and Republicans are the worst about this. Like Democrats play lip service to it and do nothing. Right. But okay. But Republicans are just, they just don't have a foot to stand on when it comes to like, people needing help and them doing something about it, right? They have the pull you up by your bootstraps kind of thing, which has validity in many areas of life. And that one is like, listen, you're just, you're putting people in a situation like we as a country have put people in a situation where they're depressed, they have easy access to pharmaceutical drugs. And it, it, we just, your life can go on the wrong track at an early age. 
and it's so hard to get yourself back in on track. And he talks about like spiritually, emotionally, mentally, like getting yourself back in touch with yourself and, and doing that through creating federally legalizing marijuana. And that's what I've always said too, with it comes to legalization of marijuana is like federally legalize it. It's going to get taxed at like 20%. That's billions and billions and billions of dollars a year, right? At a federal level, that's outside of the state tax, what they could do with that and use that money to fund addiction programs that can actually work. And what they do in Italy is what he wants to model after is they basically have like local community farms. These people go and they work and they do a thing and there is nothing that will help like my mom with addiction, for example, what really helped her like shield credit a lot with, with with religion and having a higher power, which is a part of the program. And that, that can be really helpful. doesn't matter what religion it is, whether Buddhism, some kind of secular beliefs, Christianity, whatever that may be, Islam, something that resonates with you. But what it seemed like to me, if I look at it from the outside objectively, was that she had something productive in her life that she had never had. She had a job, right? She was a paralegal for, or she was working in a law office. She wasn't a paralegal, but she was training to be one. And then she went to nursing school. And then when she had nursing school, she found something that she could be compassionate for people. She had upward mobility. She could move forward in her career. And that to me was like really what changed things. Cause it wasn't like, oh, I'm just stuck spinning my wheels. And then you feel that way and you want to run away from that. So you go back into, into using it's like she had something and then we were proud of her. And so that helped too. And she, and then, you know, my brothers, my two brothers went and moved in with her. I was a junior in high school, so I didn't, but like, and that was, so she had these like tangible things. And I think farming and these, like putting your hands in the dirt and like having, I, I experienced this a lot growing up is like finishing a job. Like those things, like those will rewire your brain in a, in a productive way, create a positive feedback cycle in your, in your own neurology that can be really beautiful and really helpful, especially when it comes to addiction. And that may mean addiction to opiates. That may mean addiction to, to SSRIs or overuse of SSRIs or reliance on those things. Like we don't have that. We live behind laptops. We live behind screens and we just don't get out and like finish a job. And that's one thing I miss about the oil field so much is like podcasting is never finished. You finish an, finish an episode. It's right to the next episode. Right. I clear the run sheet off and I do it again. And something about like having creative problems to solve and having a job finished, like when we would be breaking out flow line, right? It's a hard fucking job. And we would do it when we were kids. You may have, you know, 300 joints, like 30 foot joints that are screwed together through the middle of fucking nowhere, Texas. And one at a time, you prop them up, you hit them with a hammer, you unscrew them, you lay them on the ground and you do that 300 times. And then you take a trailer and you load them all up and you take them to the yard and you unload them. And then you sell them to somebody to make fences out of them. And it's like, but when you get done, there's like something about that being done. And I think when we look at ways to address this, that just isn't ever brought into it. Like he's talking about organic farms. They eat clean food, right? You're essentially detoxing your body. You're working on the farm. You're eating what you grow. Like that kind of stuff, getting back in touch with that, I think could have a huge profound impact. And there's no reason why not to fund that with marijuana taxes. Right. You know, and then he also brought in psychedelics into this, into this component. Oh, and I was like, I melted. So, so it's like, and it's not like you can go buy mushrooms and LSD at the fucking dispensary. That's, I find, I find that wildly inappropriate right now. If you want to grow your own or you want to share, right? Like I've got my little grow up. That you I've really set think up. buying mushrooms at a dispensary, like you can buy weed is a problem. I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, people, why? people, we don't have a nation that's in a population that's healthy enough that has a healthy enough is stable enough to be doing people will be doing mushrooms and driving, which they already are, but it's like, but you you're do smoking need, you, weed and you, driving much. Different. I can't smoke weed and drive. I mean, I can't, I don't think you should drive when you're super high, but like driving on mushrooms is a different conversation. Driving on acid is a different conversation. Okay, so we're not healthy enough to buy 
mushrooms and LSD and dispensaries, but you think it should be able over, to be prescribed, which is what he was saying. Yeah, going through a doctor, going through like having that and then being able to possess it is I think fine, but like having it on a wide scale, I think is probably a bad idea. But um and somebody who's very pro legalization of ownership, but it's like you can get you grow your own. Right. Like there should be a barrier to entry in my opinion and make sure cause it can get sketchy, right? Kids doing this stuff is not a good idea. I don't think you should do psychedelics. If you're a teenager, these things, you know what I mean? I think you should wait till you're 21 at least. Um, because and we have brain development. Yeah. I just don't think it's good to like start. I don't think it's a good idea to play with your neurology with pharmaceutical drugs or psychedelics before you're in your twenties, at least uh, smoking weed. So I feel the same about all that stuff. Like these things, these things aren't consequence free, especially at a young age. And it can, there, there are, there are effects of these things and pe- like people, and they, we, we already have shown that we can't really handle ourselves when it comes to just weed. Like people smoke way too much weed. I smoke too much weed. I just stop. And I've been uh, like a month now and it, I feel better. You know, it's a, but it, it is a habitual thing. I don't think it's a chemical addiction, but it is, it becomes a habitual addiction just like food or anything else. Yeah. But anyways, I think, you know, there has to be regulation around that. There has to be some framework for that to work out, but it's like being open to that. And these, the thing about these Democrats now and what the world we're living in, and not to make this about politics, but they, they just pay lip service. Like even today, right? The student loan forgiveness got struck down. That was, I called that when it, whenever they said that like, this isn't going to work, the Supreme Court is going to strike this down because they set it up to, for failure so they can play victim. And that's where we're at. And as a, as a culture, like our culture and the world that we're living in is built around victimhood at many times and hate. That's where we're at. Like everybody's a victim, right? The, the conservatives are victims of the trans, ide- trans ideology and the, 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 the Democrats are victims of the unelected Supreme court. And it's just, it's dude, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, Trump likes you. So you must be bad. It's like, does that line fucking work anymore? Like, is it not, wouldn't it be nice if there's not really a bad thing that Trump can say about RFK? Don't you, doesn't that put us in a better situation where he can't just throw mud at this guy? Cause Trump can, you he, can bury Biden really easily. Bury, dude, he, <laughs> Trump buried fucking Hillary Clinton on the yeah. debate stage. Do you yeah. remember that town hall they did where oh, he yeah. was like, um, he was like, you won't change the tax code because your donors benefit from it. And she couldn't say a fucking thing. She couldn't say a thing. Cause he was absolutely right. Now he's a buffoon and he doesn't, uh, uh deliver on his promises. And I think he's a bit of a clown, but like he wasn't wrong. Does anyone deliver on their promises? I guess that's where I feel like a lot that's of what I'm saying it's lip service. Right. So why would RFK Jr. I'm playing devil's advocate right now. Why would he actually deliver on his promises? Whereas no other politician we've experienced really has. He won't deliver on all and of them. And then the ones that we're going to right. got killed. He's which were his dad and uncle. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I think there's a handful of things you got to look at this. And I did the same things as a Bernie. People get so mad that I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. And I'm like, it's so strange to me that they like, well, we're out on Bernie now. Cause he's all fucking Bernie just cucked out. establishment. I think he just got old and over yeah. it, but, um, it is very disappointing to me. Um, but a lot of the people that I was like on board with have disappointed me. Crystal ball has made a clown of herself. Yeah. You know, Brianna joy gray from the Hill needs to teach crystal ball how to have a conversation. She's handling herself like a champ and sticking to her principles, much more principled than crystal. In my opinion. Um, I wish that breaking points was Brianna joy gray and Sagar and Jetty. It might end up being because she's, I she feel like Crystal is buried Crystal and Kyle and friends, they can just live in their little echo chamber and just do their thing. And I know that people may not listen to them, but it's, it's, it stings because you're like, dude, the thing about RFK is a lot of people promise the world and don't have a track record of Trump did that. He didn't, he wasn't in politics. He said the right things and spoke to the right people and he struck a nerve and the right people hated him. He had no history of handling those things. He was a real estate guy. Even at that, it was kind of, I don't think he was all that successful. He had a lot of money to start with and he didn't really grow that wealth. His family 
ran roughshod over his administration. Jared Kushner is incredibly corrupt. He is more corrupt than Hunter Biden. I'm probably, they're probably equally corrupt, but the scary thing, Hunter Biden is a junkie and Jared Kushner is competent. That's like a, a junkie who's corrupt is like, okay, that's, that's one thing. He's getting paid by Burisma and that probably has some ties here and there. Taking $2 billion from the Saudis for an investment fund that's trash, that's competent. Yeah. Like he, he made those favors happen while he was in the White House. And that's fucked up. Um, also, the Saudis paying Donald Trump to use his resorts for live golf. And I'm not somebody who's anti live golf, but that's fucked up. That's not okay. Like that's a lot too, of conflict of interest. And happening. It's the, so it's the same shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's we look in this thing and it's like, but this is the world we're living in. And I don't fucking like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't like it. And I think that when we look at the whole situation, we got to say, okay, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a track record and a history of confronting powerful institutions and winning. Who else does that? Right. So it's like, he's not only, he's not just talking about it. He's, just, he's talking about it because he's been about it. And that's to me, it says a lot. And I think when we look at this whole thing, we got to think, okay, he's been there. He's made the He's, he's played this game. He's confronted these institutions. He, him and his law firm were responsible for forcing the sale of Monsanto to bear. And Monsanto kind of lied about what their situation was because they thought they were going to win that lawsuit and they ended up having to pay out 2 billion, you know, and that put them in a situation where they had to sell. And still we have glyphosate on our crops and these other things, but even confronting that it's like these people that on the left that want like Medicare for all. And I understand that our healthcare system is fucked, but it's also fucked because we're a fucking unhealthy society. You know, we, we do not handle ourselves well and it's not people's fault really because people don't have the time and energy. We don't live in a world where we have a single income household and the mom or the dad, whoever wants to stay home can do research and figure out what's good, what's bad. They trust these institutions kind of, and they just don't have the time or energy to dig into it. And I totally empathize with that. You know, we're super blessed in that. I mean, I was on this shit when I was in college. Yeah. And we, we have help and we work from home and we have our own company and I still barely have time to do shit. Yeah. So imagine anyone else. It's just, it's not possible. So then you end up trusting organizations and systems that you think have your back and your best interest in mind and they don't. And so that's why we're here. Well, and that's even on the town hall. And I think the moderator did a pretty good job in pushing back in a yeah. way that, in a way that was appropriate for what most people would say. It's Correct. like, well, the American Pediatrics Association or whatever it's called, the FDA, the CDC, all these things. And I'm like, who funds those institutions? Right. And that's what I would say to somebody who's on the left is like, I can find you a, find you a, 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 a study from the Rand corporation, which is a conservative think tank that tells you Medicare for all doesn't work. Are you going to believe it? It's from the Rand Corporation. Of course you don't, right? Because they're biased because they're funded by art, like the Koch brothers. So why would you believe what the FDA and the CDC are releasing when they're funded by the pharmaceutical industry? It makes no sense. And we've got to unwind that. And you're seeing this push from him. He said, day one, he's going to ban pharmaceutical ads on TV. We are one of two countries that do it, New Zealand and us. And that is like Jake Tapper was coming at him for d- dangerous conspiracy theories. I'm like, Jake Tapper, how much of your wealth that you have a, a, an astonishing amount of for being on TV comes from pharmaceutical companies? 60%? The majority, for sure. Yeah. Right? Jake Tapper brought to you by Far- Pfizer. Anderson Cooper brought to you by Pfizer. They used to confront them. There was an old thing from the 90s of Anderson Cooper going after Pfizer for something they had mismarketed and lied about and had their sales reps tell doctors that it should be prescribed for, um, it was only... Uh, approved by the FDA for menstrual cramps and something else. And they had prescribed it in higher doses for surgical pain and it had crazy side effects and killed a bunch of people. Oh, Jesus. And that was their first large criminal fine. It was the largest one at the time. And the only larger ones that have come afterwards were other pharmaceutical companies, including Pfizer again. Wow. You know, so it's like you look at this and it's like they used to hold them accountable and they said, well, we'll just buy all their advertising. And now we've got them by the balls. And that's where we're at. So if you think you're getting like quality information, like you got to dig for it. 
you know, and the state, they release selective studies and they don't do long-term sit double blind uh, safety testing on childhood vaccines. Well, and that was so interesting about the town hall last night because there was a doctor who was asking questions about the vaccines and good questions. too. Yeah. Really good questions. And really just a representation of what I think most doctors in America are going to ask and say and tell their patients and really believe. And I just found it so interesting because RFK's responses were so good. And like, we don't have the studies. We don't have the tests. They're not doing long-term studies, like you said. And the doctor's response back, though, was like, but it still keeps them from getting nope. polio. And it's like, oh, my God, you're miss- you missed yeah. everything he just said about all of the side effects that are caused by these vaccines. Yes, they may keep you from getting polio and chickenpox and whatever, but, what but they're cost? also long-term yeah. killing people, giving them shingles viruses later in life that's killing them, which in Europe, they say that directly on the website. Yeah. But like people hear what they want to hear. And that's what fucking drives me crazy. And I don't know how Bobby Kennedy has the ability to be that patient and tolerant listening to people. I'm like, you are an angel. He's done it for, he's done it so many times. (laughs) And he said, Hey, the good point is like every lawsuit he's brought at 500 cases or so there's experts on one side and there's experts on the other side. When he brought the lawsuit against Monsanto over glyphosate, There were experts from Yale, Harvard, and Princeton on one side, I think he said. And then there was three experts from Yale, Harvard, and Princeton on their side. It's like the the trusting the experts trademark is like, (laughs) doesn't make any sense. Experts believe lots of different things. There's experts that say that climate change is natural and that we're not impacting it that much. And there's experts that say the complete opposite. And that's why his stance as a lawyer and someone who is able to read these documents and work through them and cut through the crap and get to actual clarity on them. That's why his role is so important. But he's not buying into one side or the other, which is why people are attacking him. And that's why they say he's anti-vax, which he is not. And he made very clear last night. And so here's the thing. It's like with the anti-vax deal, it's not anti-vax. But if you think that vaccines don't deserve rigorous safety testing and that people that are harmed by pharmaceutical companies do not deserve compensation for being harmed, go fuck yourself. Like that is not okay. Right. And that's the same thing. It doesn't matter if, if Exxon Mobil, right? I said the same. This is about, I have, this as a principle of mine. If a large corporation harms people and that's, that's going to happen, right? Exxon Mobil is going to go frack, right? They're going to frack wherever and fracking is important and we need energy independence. And also if they fuck up people's groundwater and their water can catch on fire from their tap, that person is entitled to a substantial financial payout. I didn't know that was a thing. That's very much a thing. And oh, it depends wow. on what, how the wells work and people, people don't want to like have this nuanced conversation, but when you drill horizontally and you frack, a lot of times that can break into groundwater because you're, you're fracking up and down. When you frack uh, vertical wells, you frack them horizontal to the ground, right? But when you drill horizontal, you frack perpendicular to the ground and that can break into groundwater and cause essentially natural gas and other chemicals and fracking chemicals, which are super toxic to leak into groundwater. Got it. And those people, a lot of them are farmers and ranchers and they need water, right? So they're having to, they're not getting in these in, and Exxon Mobil has billions of dollars to spend, right? Or whoever large oil company X. So these, those people are entitled to compensation, right? If, if you're Tesla and autopilot and they say it's safe crashes into something, you're entitled to comp. It's like, this is not, this is not, this is just accountability. So if you think that pharmaceutical companies are above transparency and accountability, I have no interest in having a conversation with you. Like, that's just not where I am. These, these are not holy companies. Whenever they were shielded from liability, there's a reason they were shielded from liability. And then the number of vaccines people take childhood vaccines skyrocketed. Those things are directly correlated. And that is not that that is causation. 
Cause that's the thing people are like, well, you're not a doctor. I'm like, no, but I deeply understand and have been studying regulatory capture and corruption for over a decade. I have been on this shit since I was a kid. I was doing this. I was doing talks about how in Europe, you can't supersize your fucking McDonald's. Right. A large is like 12 ounces. Here, a large is 64 ounces. And we're fat as fuck. Why is that? You know, at some point, you got to shield people from their own bad choices. And I'm very pro freedom, but like, Jesus Christ, you maybe shouldn't be able to get a liter cola, you know? Like, because that's a burden to society. We all have to pay for that. Well, it's poison. You're poisoning people. Yes. For profit. Right. And how many companies in this, how many companies, that's a trend within our system is that people can poison people for profit. Our food industry does it. Our agricultural industry does it. Our oil and gas companies do it. And our pharmaceutical companies do it. And, and, media and, and the fines are, are factored into the price. They may pay 30 billion, right? Or, or 30 million or some shit like that. They never pay a fine that's big, as big as the, um, as the profit was from the drug. Never has that ever happened. I mean, think about um, uh, what Pfizer said about opioids being non-addictive, right? Now they got fined like $100 million or whatever, but they made billions. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. It's a drop in the... Dropping the, it's, it's a cost to do it. It's a yeah. cost of doing business. Yeah. And there's some places where that's fine. There's some industries where that's fine. It doesn't really harm people. You, you know, you may be working at a warehouse and a box falls or a forklift hit. This shit happens. You know, maybe working in an oil and gas field, right? Maybe working on a, on a drilling rig and somebody drops a wrench from the top and it hits somebody on the head and they die. That shit happens. Now that person's family is entitled to something, right? But that's just how it goes. Now, when we're talking about medicine, that's a different conversation. And so you got to walk the line there and have a nuanced conversation. And I don't think people are willing to. And I think what you said was right. What did you say? Like why people are so emotionally attached to pharmaceutical companies? Yes. It's like they think that they gave these things to their kids. They take them themselves. And so to accept reality. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying vaccines cause autism. I'm not saying this. is. I don't know. But I'm curious enough to want to find out. And so when you think that you've gave your kids something that could potentially the realization, the acceptance that you could have done something that could have harmed your kids is really hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. And I totally get that. And, but do you want that to keep going? You know, and if somebody's kid did get hurt by these things, do you want that person to have to just deal with it and not be taken care of? Cause they're going to have to quit their job. Their kids are never going to have a full life. Like these are really, these are people's lives we're talking about. And I think those people deserve to be taken care of in a certain way by the same companies that injured them. And that comes with repealing liability. I agree. It's, it's interesting. We talk a lot about because we have a, a baby and we, she's not vaccinated at all. She has never been touched or she has been pricked for glucose testing. That is as extensive as it goes for her. But we know a lot of people who have vaccinated and we have these conversations with them. And something that always comes up is the autism conversation and the SIDS conversation. And it's really interesting to hear from other people, not that they've had experiences themselves, but friends of theirs or friends of friends and whatever. And I've heard so many accounts of kids no longer able to um, speak or communicate the same way after getting another round of vaccines, the four month round of vaccines where you get a ton at one time. So many kids die at four months from SIDS, um, kids who they start seeing autistic tendencies during the vaccination schedule. To me, is it direct? Are there other things? There's probably many factors that impact and cause any of this, right? And we need to ask the questions. And I think that that is where I'm very aligned with Bobby Kennedy is 
why are we not even asking the questions? We're just accepting things at face value and for what they are and saying, well, it is what it is. They said that it's okay. They said that it's, you know, safe and effective. Well, you've got, you've got, line you've ever. got unaccountable corporations regulated by an unaccountable regulatory body in the FDA. Like they're just, there is no accountability. Yeah. FDA approved fucking doesn't mean anything. The FDA approved the food pyramid dog. <laughs> right. Like this just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Where you are supposed to eat a lot of cereal. <laughs> yeah. 47 servings of whole grains. And yeah. it's, why, why is that? You know, and then, and then on the other side of things, right? Like people don't want to have the conversation about where our food comes from. Like if you live in Colorado, your food should come from Colorado. If you live in Texas, most of your food should come from Texas. You know, it's like, there's enough of that, but it's like, we have corporatized every aspect of our life. And I think one thing, a big missing opportunity here for, for Bobby is to look at this and say like, Hey, we need to localize agriculture and make that job a respectable job where people can make a good living growing our food and creating and, 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 and raising cattle and doing these different things and having crop diversity and, and really focusing. And he talks about like, when's the last time I heard a president talk about uh, f- soil health, right? Right. We've, we've done so, like the food here is so stripped of nutrients because our soil is fucked because of all the glyphosate and all the chemicals. And you have more and more people doing a better job, but it's like, it's still not on the scale and we need to take care of those people. And maybe that means that these local farms don't pay a nickel in taxes. I'd love that. Like, let's prop them up. Teach, treat them like we treat churches. Yeah. Like churches get away with God knows what, and they keep all the money for themselves. And you got all these goddamn <laughs> mega churches. Why don't we actually let people who are providing food and healthy crops for us not have to pay taxes? Well, even that it's like in this, with the trades and things like that. It's like, I think, you know, this, this decision came down from the Supreme court about uh, repealing affirmative action and for, for universities, people are upset about that on the left, on the Democrats are. And I'm like, I don't, I, we focus on universities too much. I did this whole bit about, and people respond to it really well about how we're overeducated and underskilled. Amen. You know? And it's like, how about this? How about if you, if you, this isn't, this isn't about race, but like go, if you go to a lower income school and you focus on the trades, like there's one thing that chat GPT is not going to be able to do. Fix your fucking car, do your plumbing, right? Grow food. Like that's where people should be focused on. Like, like that builds a strong country. There's a reason that Russia does that. Russia doesn't allow GMO crops. Russia doesn't spray Roundup on their shit. Like they, they outlawed that shit a long time ago. Putin was like, the fuck we're doing this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That, and that's what happened. can happen in authoritarian governments. They don't have to get anybody's permission to do those things. Like there's benefits to authoritarian regimes. Okay. It's quick. weird. It's weird, but it, 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 they're much more efficient at making those kind of decisions. Side note question. Um, big pharma runs America. Does big pharma run other, any other countries like Russia or China no. or. Well, China makes, the, China, China makes a lot of our drugs. So they do yeah. have a lot of industry over there, okay, but it's not the same. Like we're, we're the West is uniquely positioned to be like, a, you know, like the number you've seen the, the, the chart of like race, uh, basically, basically race and gender for SSRIs. Uh-uh. It like goes to like the mid nineties and it's just like white women, like do the fucking, like most white women are on fucking SSRIs. Yeah. It's insane. It's because women go to the doctor and they say something's wrong and the doctor just puts them on a Unless drug. A pro. I am, <laughs> by the way, I want to add, I totally believe in medication when it makes sense, when mm-hmm. people need to be regulated. I have friends that are on antidepressants, some friends who dealt with extreme postpartum depression um, or who have just been felt imbalanced for a long time. And sometimes going on a medication is extremely helpful, especially if it's for a short period get your shit together. You can figure out what's going on. You find your new, you know, kind of baseline. And it's really helpful. The problem is, and now I, I know this from being postpartum, 
is sometimes I feel crazy and sometimes I have really dark, scary thoughts. And one, it's not talked about. And so women feel like there's something wrong with them and they go and maybe even have the bravery to go to the doctor and say, hey, something's wrong. Like I'm having weird thoughts around my child or myself, self-harm, anything. And the doctor just immediately puts them on a drug, Mm -hmm. doesn't say, let's get you help. How are you sleeping? Therapy, acupuncture, what are you eating? Are you hydrated? None of those questions are asked. And so, of course, fucking women and white women are the ones on SSRIs. Crazy. It's it's a weird deal where it's like there's not other yeah there's nothing else uh, addressed with it all you right. know and it's like and that's why I think the psychedelic piece is huge like even ketamine's been great but I just don't think ketamine has the same umph that like a profound mushroom experience can have and Maps has done great work uh, and Bobby's open to that stuff and it's there, really great. There's a group here called Moms on Mushrooms that I just got connected with. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I never heard of that. I want to have the founder on my show. Um, she's really cool. We've kind of DM'd back and forth. She just did. Uh, a mom's on mushrooms march at um, psychedelic science. Oh yeah. Um, last Friday. And um, they just talk about how important it is to allow moms to be able to use psychedelics for healing, for mm-hmm. depression, for postpartum, all of that. I have microdose postpartum and it's really helped me. It's like, it just feels like it levels you out. Um, and you're not reaching for something to numb you out, which I feel like so many people and, and you know, I've definitely done that. Um, have reached for a way to numb out rather than can I have something that helps me helps my body and my mind feel at ease, but also taps me back into my heart, into my knowing. And I think that having access to that, I'm, I'm speaking of course as a mom, um, but for everyone is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, a lot that we can do here. There's a lot of opportunities and that's the thing is like, but we've done everything else. We've done everything. We've like, we've done everything. We've created an empire that was not what this country was meant to be. This is not built like people. And this what is what was this country meant to be a, a constitutional republic, right? Which means what, what would that look like? It was okay. So you gotta think when the constitution was written, people don't think about this. When, when we did the whole America thing, America was like the East fucking coast, right? right? Right. Louisiana went all the way to, it was French and it went all the way to Canada, right? Like it was a different deal. Yeah. You know, Texas wasn't a thing. <laughs> like it's, it was a thing, but it, we, it wasn't ours. Yeah. And it wasn't at 1883. I think it was with Texas. Like it was a hundred years later. Right. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's very strange. We look at that. We don't think about that. Like the, the founding fathers never intended to create an empire, but, and the people that, that stroke off the founding fathers are the ones that also want to start all the fucking wars. So who, when did it go South? Well, Westward expansion happened, which I think would have been really great if that didn't happen. If we just, if we would have ended up being broken, this, this whole section would have been broken up into different countries and never had this unanimity, like right. coast to coast, more like, Europe. like manifest destiny type of thing, which, you know, genocided a, a people and did a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah. And I think even now I'm like, I don't think this, I think this experiment needs to break up. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said that many times. Uh, I think we just be better off in a, in an EU type situation because I don't have a lot of faith in us healing the division. Right. And now if we hit, if we get some, you know, a string 20 years of Bobby Kennedy type people who really can bridge the divide, you know, and it leaves the extremists out, which is great. It leaves the extremists fucked. They're, they're, they have their, what are they going to do? Yell into the void. Right. But they have a lot of leverage right now, which is odd. So, but anyways, um, when did it go South? Uh, Vietnam, like Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, like the neocons get into it. Well, the, after world war II, like the military industrial complex, it kind of ramped up and become a profitable industry. It had more and more sway. 
And then it was, we have to stop communism, right? After World War II, it was, it was the Nazis. And then, but even then, the, the people who had then found the CIA were, on, were really more in favor of the Nazis than they were the Soviets. They were more scared of communism than they were of Hitler. And that's why I don't think Hitler killed himself, to be honest with you. I think he right. went down to Argentina. Um, with all the rest of them, but they like, also brought him over. Is he there with Jeffrey Epstein now? Well, he's probably dead now. I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's on it. Maybe that's what, who was in that little fucking hut, that little blue and white hut on Epstein's Island. Oh my God. But you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, so yeah Hitler killed himself and then they burned his body. The same thing as Osama bin Laden. Like they went through this whole shit show and they, 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 they buried him at sea. It's like, what? The, the 9-11 guy, you dumped him in the ocean? <laughs> Why do people believe this stuff? It's, it's like, so it's, the same, and it's the same playbook every time. We did the same thing with JFK and, Rob, and Bobby Kennedy. It's like Patsy, real shooter, directions don't make sense. None of it makes any sense, but it's the same story. Same thing. It's like, oh yeah, uh, Hitler killed himself in a bunker and then we took, and then they burned his body because they were pissed. It's like, oh yeah, we went over there and there was a whole shit show in this compound that Osama bin Laden had been chilling at for years. We go in there, get him, get all his hard drives and kill him. And they're bringing him back on a ship and they're like, oh, we're just going to throw him overboard. What? That makes no fucking sense. So weird. We live in a clown Who world. Who comes dude. up with these stories? Like, okay, the CIA is like sitting at a table. They're like, okay, guys, I have this idea. So let's like say we killed him and then let's like wrap him up and then let's take him to sea. And then we'll just like God. say, yeah, we like let him go into the ocean. Yeah. And then we'll tell everybody the story and they'll be like, totally. Yeah. Never forget. And you're like, who comes <laughs> up with this? Well, it's like, do you guys want to, do you guys want to Hitler Osama bin Laden? It's like, yes, that sounds great. <laughs> I just want to say we killed him instead of he killed himself. It doesn't make any fucking unbelievable. sense. Same thing with the Epstein thing. I'm like, oh God, are we this dumb? That like, yeah, yeah, we accept it as true. I know it's so wild. We live in a weird world and it's just like, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, and that's why there's like, I, I've like really, when we've talked about moving and different things, I'm like, I just think homestead. Yeah. I'm just like, give me some cows. I mean, yo, I'm I really good at growing tomatoes, strawberries, we can figure it out. different uh, rosemary and thyme spices. So it's well, not, I think it's not good. easy, but it's not complicated either. No. It's hard. It's a, it's a job and you have to like get tractors and do different things. We have friends that do it. I'm just going to call Meg up in Canada and be like, like 10 yo, acres. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get some donkeys. It'll teach be fun. Me, teach me how to birth the, the animals. You know, we get a mini horse for Rhoda ride around. Even though I don't think she'll be on a mini horse for long. I think she'll, her legs will be dragging have you seen her legs. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't, I mean, but it's just it's it's a fucking mess man and we want to start these wars everywhere it's just it's nuts and i think some like we need somebody who's like gonna like people are like oh but ron DeSantis is ron DeSantis is a fucking joke and here's the thing about trump okay trump supporters out there listen to me he let you down okay he said the right things in some ways he said a bunch of dumb stuff also he didn't deliver on his promises it was fucking chaotic he blames everybody but himself he's never taken responsibility like like with russiagate for example russiagate was all bullshit and Bobby Kennedy fell for it. And you know what he says? I fell for it. What do you mean he fell for it? He, was a, he thought that Russiagate, like that Ru Trump had colluded with the Russians. Oh. He, he's come a long way in the past. Like people get mad at him for shit he has said in 2016 because he supported Hillary. And I'm like, but look at him now. Like he changed his mind. Like all that stuff like kind of pulled the wool out from over his eyes. Don't you think that's interesting? And so what you always say, like I reserve the right to change my mind. People, it, we don't show grace to those types of people who have changed their mind. We keep them hostage yeah. to their statements or decisions they made five years ago, 10 years ago, 40 years ago. And it's like, well, but I learned more and now I right. know more and I've done and it's better. Just, it's conservatives that are saying that. And God. they're like, I'm like, do you really say guys are like, they, cause they fired Kevin Hart from the right. Oscars or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Cause the stuff he said in like 2014, right. Mm -hmm. 2015, 2016, whatever that was about his son being gay or some joke he made. And I'm like, so he said this and it'll be, you know, 
10 years ago, <laughs> right? He changed his tune and you're bringing that up, you know, but he's like, yeah, I was, I was duped. Like I, I bought the, I bought the bullshit. And then whenever I started speaking out, people started calling me a Russian asset. I was like, oh, I see how this happened. And that's good. Like you learn the game, you know, and people get really round up about that. But the Trump thing, people are on board with it. And I understand because he pisses off all the right people, but he is an incompetent clown. He let you down. He did not deliver. He was railroaded by the military industrial complex. He was railroaded by the intelligence agencies. He's toothless and he's an attention whore and he never takes responsibility for his shit. He has failed so much and he let you guys fucking down. He, all he had to do, all he had to do was win the, to win the election. And if you think he didn't win, he didn't lose, you're in a bubble because it was really easy to see how he lost to a corpse and Joe Biden. Um, all he had to do is help people to mail in vote. All he had to do drop off your shit at a ballot box, you know, and he would have won. And so he has to cry about that. It's like, man, take responsibility for your shit. And so with this weird thing that people are like RFK should run as his vice president. I'm like, why would the more competent of the two run as vice president? Trump should drop out and endorse RFK. Amen. That's what he should do. Cause RFK shares some of the similar principles and actually has the competence and experience to pull it off and can put a cabinet around him that can do it. You know, not hiring Bill Barr. <laughs> yeah. It's as establishment as it gets. And then DeSantis is just a goon. DeSantis, DeSantis is, is an RNC goon. And that's the thing that like the, the Republicans have now, because Trump was so anti-establishment and that, that's what was um, good. That's what people liked about him. They've now kind of cloaked their whole message in anti-establishment. The RNC is establishment as fuck. These are, these are neocons, right? The same people that are in the Biden White House pulling his strings are going to be in the fucking DeSantis White House pulling his strings. DeSantis worked at Guantanamo Bay, dude. You think that guy's going to do shit? He's going to get railroaded by the same fucking people. This is more of the same. But he's going he's gonna to cry about fucking trans stuff and Disney. Okay, what does that do for anybody? Right. You know, I get that stuff is kind of gross and weird and getting that way out of hand. But that, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the basis on which to elect a president. You know, it's just not. So, and also, Biden shouldn't have, you know, influencers at, their, at the White House pulling out their titties. That's probably also a good idea. Also true. So I want to just be mindful of our time here. I want to just address a couple things. One, it clearly sounds like we have crawled all the way up Bobby Kennedy's butt. So, um, and as all of our friends have too, we've been talking to all of them and they're like, we are all in and we're like, great. Um, but is there anything that you quickly want to go over that you maybe don't agree with or things that have stood out to you where you're like, mm, I'm not sure about this. Uh, I don't like his stance on affirmative action. Um, they repealed that. So here's the thing. People are upset about that. Supreme court ruled on it. It's over with right. Affirmative action in colleges is done. Um, so it doesn't really matter what he has to say about it. I also don't think that's something he's really all that focused on. Now his family has done more for real civil liberties and civil justice and racial justice at a time when it was super contentious. I mean, his dad, his dad, his dad and uncle were friends with uh, Martin Luther King. Right. So it's like, there's something there. Um, and that's a big principle in his family. The affirmative action conversation. I think there's better ways to accomplish the same ends. Uh, in my, like, like where I'm from in Texas, it has a really good system. Now college is too expensive and that's prohibitive to a lot of people. But in Texas, if you're in the top 10% of your class at any school, you get automatic admission into any state university. So Texas tech university of Texas system, Texas A&M. And that's any of the, like they've made their satellite schools, um, Texas state, you know, UTSA, like any of these schools you can, you get automatic admission to if you're in the top 10%. That means if you're in only Texas and there's 30 people in your graduating class and you're in the top three, you get admission anywhere you want to go. Wow. If you're, if you're in all black school in Houston, that's 10% kids that are probably all black 
You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. the, it, it gives people an opportunity. And I think that's a better system to accomplish the same ends. Where people get real, real wound up is Ivy League schools. Now, I think leg- legacy admissions are fucked up. I don't think George W. Bush should have gotten into Yale. And the only reason he did is because his dad was Herbert Walker Bush and his dad and his granddad was Prescott Bush. And he was a legacy. And they were in politics and they had a lot of power. And he didn't have the grades to get in. <laughs> it's George W. Bush, dude. I don't know. Are you serious? No, I mean, I know how he talks, but. <laughs> he, was, he was a drunk idiot. Oh, okay. He, do you see? Yeah, no, he's, no, he's, he's, he's got, he's a short bus kid. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's fucking George W. Bush. He got, but he was the president of the United States and, you know, spent $8 trillion in two, war, in two wars that made no sense. And then yeah. Obama jumped in and went to Syria for some fucking reason. Anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, so there's better ways to accomplish that end. I think that what's going to happen likely is that Asians are going to take over a lot of these universities as they already have. Like the Asian culture, this isn't a race thing necessarily, but their culture is way more industrious than ours. Less creative in many ways but very industrious, which leads to very good grades. And I don't think grades alone should be what get you into a college, but Ivy League schools get the focus. And I'm like, that's the 1% of 1% of 1%. Yeah. What about these schools that actually going to, people are going to go to these schools like, you know, t- where I went at Texas State and, and get to go to the engineering program there, maybe go somewhere else for a master's. And like, th- that's, that's a lot of people. We're talking about thousands of thousands, tens of thousands of people versus the, you know, hundreds you're going to get it yeah, yeah at princeton right it's like it's a different deal so these ivies get all this attention and it just doesn't i don't fucking care i don't care what ivy leagues do ivy leagues could be all black all asian all white i don't fucking care what i care about is schools that have like that will that will bring people out of that school with a reasonable amount of debt and not something outrageous and they're going to be working in real businesses and real communities and bringing prosperity to those communities i also think that i'm fucking tired of hearing about college because college is fucking stupid as i talked about with, like for many people if you're, if you're somebody from a, a lower income household and you want to make money and move upward, upward mobility in this country is so fucking important. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, isn't to be a marketer, isn't to get a marketing degree. It's not a sociology degree, right? It's probably welding, agriculture, mechanic, plumber, you know, whatever these things are, electrician, like your brother, what he's doing is makes sense in the Coast Guard, electrician. He can get out, boom, he's qualified for all kinds of shit. He can get a job making $120,000 a year like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Same thing. If you want to be a mechanic, you, there's upward mobility in that. Go work at Ford for a little while, right? Go there four or five years, learn the trade, bail out, make your, make, start your own shop, right? Maybe move to a small town where there's a, there's a demand for that kind of thing. Maybe you get a contract with an oil and gas company and you work on all the rigs. That's boom. There you go. Now you're making six figures, right? It's hard work. But then you provide a better life for your kids versus this like the system where we're okay, you can go make $65,000, $70,000 is this or that. It's a different deal. This white collar world we live in just isn't, it isn't creating, we, our infrastructure is struggling. We don't have skilled people. There's a bajillion jobs, blue collar jobs that provide a good living for people and upper mobility. O- oil and gas guys, those guys make hella money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and that needs to be, we need to foster that in this country. And all we talk about is like white collar bullshit from the universities. And it's just, it's not the focus for me. I just, I I get it. I get what people are upset. I understand. And I think that representation and opportunity for underprivileged people is very important. And also affirmative action just was not doing the job. You know, it was putting in less qualified students into, into places that they, a lot of the times what somebody brought up and I thought this was, they had a debate on breaking points between two guys who were also black. Both of them were, he's like, listen, they love talking about the diversity in their freshman class. They never talk about the diversity who graduate. Oh, wow. Right? So a lot of these people will go in in a STEM field, right? Science, technology, math, 
engineering and they will have come out with a 1330 SAT instead of a 1680 SAT and they'll be behind. They'll switch to something easier versus if you went to maybe University of Texas, right, which isn't an Ivy, but is a good school or even Texas State or A&M or, or one of the SEC schools, Alabama, something like that, get a good program and maybe there you're, you can excel, right? You can meet more people. It's setting them up for failure. A lot of times it is. Yeah. And it's not really, and that's the thing that sucks. Like these, some of these, and this isn't about black and white either, right? This is about like, like there's schools in Alabama and rural, like rural cities that are equally as shitty as inner city schools that are predominantly black. And that's not fair to people. But I think we have to really meet our, meet the needs of our nation where we are. And that is not more fucking sociology and, and marketing majors. It just isn't. You know, a lot of my friends that are making money now, they majored in fucking construction, right? You know what they do? Sell concrete. My buddy Daniel, he's making great, he's doing a great job. He builds housing developments for, uh, for the city of Dallas. Like uh, for, in low, he, he basically turns over low-income communities and turns them in like just beautification projects. You know, and my other buddy who we, we're all in the same fraternity, sells them concrete. That, and they always are hanging out, going to golf shit together, doing whatever, because they have to have concrete to do their job. And they, they made this little network. You know what I mean? And our fraternity is like, oh, you were a frat guy. It's so what? It was a thousand dollars a year. It right. wasn't crazy. Yeah. And if you were fucking broke, we would have let you in anyways. If you were, you know, we wanted you. And it was like, it wasn't what it was about. But you make these connections. You do these things. You have actual skills. And you learn something that's actually applicable in the world. Right. And that's like, there's not enough of that. It's like learn to code. We had this like Bill Clinton learn to code mentality. And it just, it fucked us. As a, it fucked a generation or two generations of people since the 90s. And we've got to move, not backwards, but get down to like, what skills do we need in this country? Like, it's not, we don't need more podcasters. That's for damn sure. I know we're, you know, I maybe mean, hypocrites, but God damn. Yeah. Um, okay. Last thing I want to touch on. Um, I'm just curious your thoughts on done. He touched on it a little bit during the town hall. Yeah, he did. I felt like his answers were pretty good. It's so not about what he said is that themselves. he would, he would sign an assault weapons ban. If there reached consensus between the two parties and it made it to his desk, which would never happen, you which said. is like saying that I will sign a bill that allows unicorns and goblins into the military. If it makes it to my desk and what world he, that was, that was, that wasn't him saying it doesn't matter what I have to say because it's never going to get there. It's never going to get there. Right. You're not and people, even the, the, the Supreme court would also strike it down. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, you're sitting there talking about this thing. And it's like, he, he, I th- I'm actually glad he said that because that will democratic voters will notice that and give them a little bit of attention. I think that's the, that it's, it's politics guys. We're playing politics here. The Supreme court will strike it down. It's a six, three conservative court right now. They're not going to allow an assault weapons ban. Full stop. Yeah. And there's not going to be a consensus in the Congress to, to make one happen anyways. Right. If anything, what's likely to happen soon is that these state laws like we have here and in California where you have like magazine capacity bans and shit. Like, let's just put that. I'm going to be illegal. I'm going to admit some illegal activity right now with my SIG. My P320 as a 18 round magazine it had a, it was California compliant. Right. So what that means is on the side of the magazine, there's two dimples on both sides, like dents that keep you from putting more than 10 rounds in. That's the only difference. And hypothetically, not that I did this, wink, wink, hypothetically, you can take a quarter inch drill bit, drill, empty, pull the spring out of the magazine, drill through those dimples, put the spring back in, put the cap back on, and now you have an 18 round magazine. 
So if I'm a criminal and I want 18 rounds instead of 10, I Very am easy. fucking five minutes in a $20 drill from Home Depot away from having an 18 round magazine when you gave me a California compliant one. It doesn't make any sense. You can do that with any magazine you get from any California compliant suit. So it's like, what is that? What problem does that solve? What that means is now, because I carry every day, that I carry two magazines in case somebody rolls up into a fucking grocery store and decides to get wild. So now I want 20 rounds or 40 rounds instead of 10. You know? So it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So it's like, we look in the situation, it's like, yeah, gun violence is a problem. But what he said, and I thought that was really good, and what he, where I think he would focus his attention is not on banning things, but is addressing the underlying problems that cause such things, like school shootings. And I think there's zero reason why we don't have armed guards at schools Amen. that are the number of them in, in accordance with how many students are there and the level of violence at those schools. But dude, you fuck around. You need to find out you fuck around with the school. You need to find the fuck out where I'm from. Teachers have guns and I don't, I don't hate that idea, right? We have fly. Uh, what are they called? Um, the people that aren't flying airplanes, air marshals. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In case some shit goes down. Air marshal. Air marshal like if, I was, Steve. if I was, <laughs> if I was, if I was, is that from bridesmaids? Yeah. Um, if I was a teacher, I would be com- willing to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm the type of person oh, to do that. And I would be, I would feel totally safe. I think a lot of teachers don't, but I like the idea of like former military, retired military guys who are still capable of being, you know, out front at schools. And we, we need to back weapons. that up and pay them more. Yeah. Why not? Like they're no, and do a yearly, yearly, yearly training with people like Tim Kennedy and these guys like that's, you have to go to a training every year that's paid for by the state or the yeah. government, however, whatever way. That also creates a jobs program for ex-military who are going to train these teachers up. And we need to have really strong restrictions on where the firearms are stored and how they're stored. But there's a lot of tech now where it's fingerprint scans and boom, that thing is open. Maybe the teacher, the principal, and the, and the officers have their fingerprints stored in there. We can, we can back that up. I mean, Lockheed Martin can make that shit in fucking five minutes. Exactly. We're already paying them out the ass anyways. They should do it for free. Right. You know? And so it's like, there's a lot of, uh, his focus isn't on taking guns away. His focus is on actually trying to solve the problem through other means, which is, is a re- breath of fresh air. That being said, he is a Democrat. And if this imaginary bill that gets consensus in Congress and makes it to his desk, that will never happen. He would sign it, I guess. But also, those are our democratically elected representatives. If they get consensus on a thing, that's the, that's the way the country was designed. Right. And the president just being able to make unilateral decisions on those kind of things. That's not really how it's supposed to work. Right. Like Roe versus Wade should have been repealed because that was an undemocratic way to handle it at the time was the right decision. But in the meantime, as Obama said, when he had a super majority in the house and the Senate, he could have got a partisan down the line, partisan vote to, to um, make that a law, right. To enshrine that, make that bulletproof. And he did not do it. He promised he was going to do it and didn't do it. The reason that Roe versus Wade got appealed, it repealed is because of two people, Barack Obama and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't like Roe versus Wade, but they didn't do, it needs to be done through democratically elected representatives, not the Supreme court. And so everything that's been done through the Supreme court, affirmative action, all this other shit, they're making cases, but Congress can make laws. That's what their job is. And those are the people we elect, right? So we need, we need to think if we, if you want democracy and you should want Roe versus Wade to be decided by representatives, not the Supreme court. And you can't cry about the Supreme court being unelected when they make decisions you don't like. Because it's actually the job of your representative. So maybe hold your representative accountable for not bringing up laws that you think are important. And that's why voting locally and in your state and all of that is Much so important. important. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could keep going, which I'm sure we will continue this in another episode. But um, 
I think we did a good job of making a case for our new favorite person um, and also stating some things we don't maybe agree with. I don't know. I still feel like you agree with him. So uh, I can argue with like it's like the, I, I think about principles more than anything else. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't vote based on vibes. Yeah. But anyways, this is what we wanted to talk about today. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. We just I feel like we actually have a huge opportunity here and I want to have I, I I really want to use our platform to help educate people and to bring forward different kinds of conversations. As much as I love talking about sex and all of the crazy things that we do, I think this is a really, really profound moment for us. And you are extremely literate with all of this. I am not. Uh, I am learning and I like asking questions that I think really a- apply to a lot of our listeners probably as well. Um, and having you talk about it in a different way than you do on Connor Wanders now. So yeah, um, that's where I am. I will say this closing. This is the kind of campaign that's going to take grassroots support. So like if we can introduce 20, 30, a hundred people to this, that makes it worth it to me. Right. That would have no, uh, otherwise not been engaged. Also, it's really important. Google this right now, whenever you're listening to this, see if your state has an open primary, which basically means you can vote in any primary. Um, whether you're, whether you're a registered Republican, Democrat, independent, I'm registered in, uh, non-affiliated. I think you are too, maybe. Yeah, I think we're the same. Okay. So we can do whatever we want, but if you're a registered Republican, you can still vote in a democratic primary in a place like Texas who has an open primary and people don't think about those kind of things. And they kind of make it where you don't think about them because they don't really want your input because people at both political parties hate democracy. So look into that and every little bit matters. So if you get a polling phone call, Make your voice heard. And I think, you know, I have become really disillusioned the past five or six years when it comes to politics. But when I see an opportunity, I'm like, we got to make it. We got to try. People are like, well, the Democrats won't let him win. I'm like, fuck you. You're a pussy. I don't want to hear it. Like we, the the Republicans didn't want Trump to win. Yeah. And look look where we're at now. So it's like, it, it, it takes, it takes all of us like really speaking up for what we want and need. And I think that we need to, um, you know, put our money where our mouth is with that. I 100% agree. Very well said, babe. We're going to put a link to um, the campaign website as well. Buy some merch. I was merch just talking to Joe Sheehy. Um, he made a huge donation to the campaign. Really? They're buying merch. All of our friends have merch now. You just bought a bunch. Um, you got some onesies. Sh- they have onesies for the babies. Yeah, like share this, you guys. Like as silly as merch seems sometimes, that's really important in no. our generation. We respond to that. So I think just like Connor yeah, said, put your like, money where your mouth donating is. Donating is one thing, but like you, you buy a t-shirt, they make five bucks, you get a t-shirt. It, sometimes it's like, a little, that's why I, like, I bought a bunch of stickers for the cars and different stuff yeah. in the gym on the coolers and stuff. So it's like just little things like that, like they do help. And that's the same as a small dollar donation, but you get to represent as well. Yeah. All right. Good job, babe. All right, bye everybody. Bye.